right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by Dom and John. We're going to go over kind of a wide range of topics here. Um, I think maybe three of them are going to be within the NFL, but we're going to talk about Jake Paul towards the end, and then uh, we're going to hit up a little bit of baseball. I don't want to steal too much from Greg's episode coming this weekend. They're going to hit a lot of this uh you know, trade deadline talk. So I don't want to steal a lot of it, but I did want to talk a little bit about one thing. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our weekly rundown. The one thing that I had in here was just, you know, Bill Russell passed away this past weekend, obviously um, a legend of the game. I just kind of want you guys to comment down, you know, in, in our post or underneath the episode here, like, what do you, what do you remember about his legacy? If you were able to watch him play basketball, I know he was, a little older than us. So I don't think we really got a chance to watch him play basketball at all. Um, other than from highlights and stuff like that. So if some of you guys got a chance to maybe watch him play, let us know. If not, you know, let us know what you think his legacy on the game was, but we're going to go ahead and move into, it's not a new segment, but I did change it around because everybody had a lot of complaints about it last week. So I'm going to go ahead and call it word association. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a statement and then I'm just going to have the guys, you know, give me one to three words that come to mind from that. Hopefully this works out better for them and they don't uh, complain about it too much. But I figured instead of picking sure, I think I was the only one that was complaining about it last week. No, no, John had it too. John had it too. Don't worry. <laughs> David added his own words. That's fine. So that's what that's why I say we'll call it word association and then they, they, they can add whatever words they want into it. So let's go ahead into this first one. So Trevon Diggs, if you don't know who he is, he's the brother of Stefan Diggs. So Trevon Diggs is a corner um, in the league and Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver. So Trevon Diggs said that if him and his brother played against each other in the Super Bowl, which means the Cowboys and the Bills have to play each other, which I don't know how likely that is, but they said if they played against each other, Trevon said that he would lock Stefan down and he would not get one catch in the Super Bowl. What is uh, one or two words that pop in your guys' head about that one? Untrue and just brotherly smack talk. All right. John, what do you got? I'm gonna say accurate. Accurate? You think he, he think he'd lock him down? I think he would. All right. Wow. Okay. How, how many times did they go up? Like, like how is it like he's planning going up against him like thirty times, ten times, twice? You know. I don't if know. He's only, if he's only up against him like a couple times, then yeah, sure, that's that could happen. But if if he's going up against his brother for the whole game, there's no way. That Josh yeah, Allen won't yeah. find Stephon Diggs at least once. This this is what I'd say. I think I think Stefan would get a couple catches, but I do think that Trevon would I think that that it would be pretty close. I think that he could lock him down for the majority of the game. But I just think I think I go back to this. Like Trevon's a good cornerback, but I don't think he's to the point in his career, at least we haven't seen it, where he's elite. You know what I mean? If he could take that next step to where he's elite, then I think elite on elite, obviously that should usually, um, you know, cancel each other out. But Stefan is pretty much an elite wide receiver in this league. And I just don't think Trevon is at that point yet. But I mean, hey, it's going to take the Cowboys five years to make the Super Bowl anyway. So by that point, Stefan Diggs will be old anyway. So uh, <laughs> maybe so maybe uh, he will lock him down. <laughs> I, I should have said the power is going to go out. Yeah. Because the last time, two, I think two brothers played each other in the Super Bowl, the power went out. Okay. The Raiders, not the Raiders, the Ravens and 49ers. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The the coaches. Yeah. 
All righty. Well, let's go ahead and move into this next one. So the XFL and San Antonio has a new head coach in Heinz Ward. So what's a couple words that you guys uh, would associate with that statement? Surprised and potentially a good move. I know that's more than two words, but there you go. (laughs) Um, Smart and resourceful. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I would I would say it's a good move. That's going to be a fun one, and the XFL should come back and be pretty fun. So um, for this third one, I got Draymond Green believes that he deserves, at 32 years old, a four-year, $164 million max extension from the Warriors. What's a couple words to describe that? <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed. All right, John, what do you got? Um, I don't think he deserves it. Yeah, I would, I would say that's not a very good move. I think what, uh, what makes him think that he did, obviously he's going to say, yeah, I think I deserve a, a max extension, but yeah, listen, what? I mean, I think, I think, I think he's a guy, I think he's a guy that you could, you could justify giving 20, $25 million a year to, I think, Maybe 2016 Draymond Green. Well, no, but I think I think on a year-to-year basis, I wouldn't lock him into a long-term deal. But I think the value that he adds to that team, yes, he's not going to score a lot of points, but defensively, I still think he's really effective, and I think he's a very good leader within that team. But I just don't think, to me, locking him down to that co- that kind of contract, he's not a guy that's going to have longevity. It doesn't look like it. So you don't you don't give a max extension to a locker room, dude. No, I mean, listen. I don't think I don't think the numbers really show how much he does on the court, but I do think that he's declining, and it wouldn't make much sense. So for me, the word would be not. It would be not make much sense. Well, here's the thing that I have an issue. You look at all professional athletes; they all think they deserve the money, and they all think they deserve the top money, and they think they're the best. But I mean, there's very few players that are actually the best. I mean, yes, they're all the best in the world at their craft. So they're they're all going to have egos. They're all going to say, "I need, I deserve this much money." Blah blah blah. But how accurate it is? That's that's a or not accurate. But which one is which players are more deserving is a completely different argument. Yeah, yeah. But I think to be at the level of these athletes, you kind of have to have that mentality. True, true. If you don't, you're not really that at that level. I, I mean, if you've ever met a professional athlete or heard of a professional athlete that wasn't like super confident in themselves. I don't mean cocky, but like that really, really believes in themselves, you know, optimistic. I, I can't think of one that was not optimistic. Right. Well, let's go ahead and move into this last one I got for this section here. Um, Adidas will not be returning as the NHL supplier of uniforms and apparel after the 2023, 2024 <laughs> season. So what's some words to kind of describe that statement? Unfortunate. I, I, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say why. Yeah, like, yeah. they're gonna lose a lot of money. I don't see why that. Why would they? I don't think that's a smart move by them. Yeah, especially if they've cornered that market or whatever. Um, so, I mean, the question for you guys at home: Who do you think steps up and takes that spot? I probably, guess. I mean, probably what? Probably Nike because they own everything else. Yeah, they have Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe uh, Puma makes a comeback. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah, Puma I, I miss the Puma NFL jerseys. Yeah, Puma. I think Puma would be like a good like 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we'd have to see. It'd be interesting, but we'll, we'll maybe we'll report on that, you know, after 2023, 2024. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and move into the main topics here. For the first one, I got Dom joining me on this one. And, you know, I know that they just came out today and said it was very unlikely that they're going to trade him. But this past week, they were listening to offers. I mean, that's the Angels I'm talking about for Shohei Otani. And, and I guess the first one I got for you, Dom, is like, is why? And then if they were to accept the package, like, would this package be record setting, I guess? Um, well, why? It's because the Angels for the last decade or so have shown an inability to build around superstars. They've had Mike Trout, who generationally is probably the best player of his generation, um, arguably the best player that I've seen in my lifetime. Like they, I don't think he's, he's made one playoff game his entire career, the best player in the world. The, the fact that they, they just can't build around Mike Trout already sets a bad precedent and now you pair him with Shohei Otani, who is not only one of the best hitters in the league, but one of the best pitchers in the league. And there's nothing around them. It's really just Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, and Mike Trout's injured a lot. So it's really just Shohei Otani trying to carry this team. And that it, it's just really unfortunate to watch because you would think um, that a team in L.A. would be able to put a competitive team out on the field. But they know that once his contract is up, I think – at the end of next year or the year after that, there's no reason for him to want to stay unless he just really loves being in LA. Um, so they know that this core that they have with uh, Shohei and Mike Trout isn't working. So you might as well move them. And you know, to go to your next question, um, I've seen reports that they were asking for teams like top four prospects and a couple MLB ready players. I mean, for a guy like Shohei, I don't think that's too crazy. Um, you know, especially if you're a team that has a pretty deep farm system already, you can go ahead and give up your top four prospects and you're getting a, a young superstar that could be your ace and your top hitter. So I, it's something that I would consider paying if I was an opposing GM, obviously if it makes sense, if it would make me a contender. But yeah, I think they would get an absolute haul for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can see why they're thinking about it because I do agree. I mean, they've they've pretty much wasted Mike Trout's career. So they'd be doing him a favor by sending him somewhere, hopefully, that he'd be able to compete. Yeah. And um, I think, um, you know, Mike Trout's hurt again. I mean, he has been yeah. for a while. I think if he was healthy, I think they were going to be more willing and more likely to try to trade him. On Sunday, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, hit that a little bit more. But I kind of just wanted to touch touch on that a little bit. I, I know um, when I had put it up there, I'd put it up there as they were shopping him. And then, you know, this morning uh, it came out that they were, they were pretty much done. They didn't really get the deal that they wanted. But I think they wanted the um, – they wanted to do a deal with the Cardinals because they wanted their top prospects over there. But they the Cardinals didn't want to didn't want to deal with them. So – well, I don't because know. they're running for Juan Soto and they don't yeah. want to give up their top prospects and the Juan Soto trade. And then, you know, the, yeah, I guess if they have to pick and choose between both, it looks like they're leaning I mean, towards Juan Soto. I mean, listen, you could just pull the Yankees. I mean, they're just adding freaking everybody. So, 
I don't know. They just added like two more pitchers to their rotation. So I don't. Yeah. Well, that, that was out of necessity because a lot of their top guys have gotten hurt. Yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, I mean, he might, he might still be moved. Maybe somebody will put a deal together. Like maybe the guardians will put a deal together and he'll be able to come and play in Cleveland. Who knows? They got a lot of good. They got a lot of good young talent. They, they got the put together to do it, and they got a got. They have a lot of good young middle infield talent to do it, and they obviously their pitching staff is is deep in the minor league. So yeah, knows. they can put it together. That be that that would be a good spot. You know what I mean? It it'd be a little tough going from L.A. to Cleveland, but Cleveland's a nice place. Ohio's a great place. I think he'd fit in pretty well there. And I, I, I would probably cry, and I would probably call. <laughs> Um, He'd be like, "We got him, we got, we got Shohei." <laughs> but uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to this next one. We're gonna go ahead and talk about the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, which I feel like we don't do a lot. But um, Jacksonville Jaguar Josh Allen, not the quarterback for the Bills, but the uh, defensive lineman for the Jaguars. He made some comments on the difference between Doug Peterson and Urban Meyer's, you know, leading styles i guess or coaching styles and uh his comment was it's a professional locker room it's a professional setting he's talking to us like grown men so you know obviously we kind of know urban meyer's tenure or i guess half season if you want to call it that he had there in jacksonville did not go very well and and he did not uh he was not very respected by the players or you know fans organization afterwards so, you know, I guess first off, um, what do you take from this comment? And then second, do you feel like Doug Peterson can kind of galvanize a lot of this, you know, talent, a lot of these talented young players on this team? And then could this team come out and surprise everyone this year? Um, well, first, it's not surprising. Um, Urban Meyer was, I've always thought he was a pretty, you know, crap human being, but he was even crappier NFL coach. Um, the stories that we've heard from Jacksonville, um, a lot of the players about last year, not surprising. Uh, you can't talk to grown men like their children and kick your players and, you know, not travel with the team after a loss and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so the fact that, you know, it's, it's a more professional setting, obviously not a surprise. You have Doug Peterson, who he's been around the block. He's been in the NFL for a while. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, and he's got a young team, obviously, that's hungry, that has not won on the NFL level. So to, ha- to have someone like Doug Peterson that's been to the mountaintop and won a Super Bowl, um, I think players would look to that with more respect than, you know, bringing in a college coach that's won a lot of national championships but hasn't done anything at, at the NFL level. So. Yeah, I think it's it's a good culture change, and I think it was a needed culture change. Okay. Uh, John, did you want to add anything to this? Yeah, uh, you know, a couple things. You know, the, the coaching at the college level and coaching at the professional level are two different birds, um, two different scenarios. You know, when you're coaching at the college level, you're, you know, you're like the general. You're the guy. You're generally, you know, the highest paid person and things like that. Where the NFL, it's the other way around. Most of the players make more money than the coach. So, it's just a completely different world or planet going from the college level to the NFL level, both as coaching in this case would be coaching or even as just NFL players. I put it this way. I 
don't blame Josh Allen or any of the players for not wanting to be a part of Urban Meyer or to be to, to play for Urban Meyer to be or to have anything to do with Urban Meyer because I wouldn't want to have anything to do with them either. I mean, you're, you're the head coach, you're the leader. Maybe you're not making the kind of money the players are, but I just think it, it makes a very bad example. And I don't blame the players at all for reacting the way they did or where they are. And I think they would not have had the offseason that they've had if Urban Meyer had still been the head coach. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of free agency signings, and honestly, I don't think any of them would have ended up in Jacksonville to play with Urban Meyer. Yeah, I, I think Doug Peterson brought a lot of those guys in because, like you said, he's he's tested, he's battle-tested, he's, he has a Super Bowl, like he knows how to put that together, and that's that's a really young, talented team. I think I don't I don't think that they go out there and win a Super Bowl this year, but I do think they go out there and surprise a lot of people. I think they're they're in a division that is winnable, and I think that they could be they could be a team that if they come out and play well, that that they could compete for the top of that division. So I think I'd be that, very surprised if they win the division, but I do think they'll take a step forward this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think second, you know what I mean? I, I do think they could finish second. I, I do think that that's a possibility. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Like I said, we kind of have to see what what Matt Ryan's going to look like with the Colts. You know, obviously Jonathan Taylor's going to do his thing, but I think that they've they've been playing the quarterback carousel for the past, you know, four years, and, and it hasn't really panned out to too much success when it comes to the playoffs. So I don't know. We'll see. that. That'll be a team that we'll cover going forward, but – Moving on to the next topic here. It's a little mix between NFL and NBA, but this past, I I would say a couple weeks, we've seen some pretty big stars, uh, two pretty big stars in their respective sports, uh, one being Zion and one being Kyler Murray. They both got new deals, but it came out that there was some interesting clauses within those contracts. So Zion had a weight clause or has a weight clause in his contract where he has to stay under 295 pounds. And then Kyler Murray had an at-home study clause of four hours per week in his contract. It has been removed reportedly, but it was in there um, from the beginning. So the damage is kind of already done with the perception of that, I would say. But I guess, Dom, for you, first, briefly, how do you feel about these two clauses within their contracts? Um, How do you feel about it being made public like this? And, you know, should the team's feel bad that they added them? I mean, the fact that they were in the contracts in the first place shows to me that these players, like their commitment to their craft is being questioned. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, if you're Kyler Murray, you're an NFL quarterback. Your most of your job is to be getting ready for game day on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And most of that means watching film. If you have to be contractually mandated to study for at least four hours, it, that, that says a lot about your work ethic and who you are as a quarterback. I, I think that's that's sad. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's he been getting better as a quarterback each year that he's been in the league. But if you're not putting in the work behind the scenes, he's going to plateau at some point. And I feel like if he's not studying, he's going to reach that plateau sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. Yeah, at some, at some point your athletic ability is is going to kind of dwindle and you're going to have to be more of a pocket passer. And if you can't read defenses or you don't know what's coming at you, then you're not going to be very successful. I mean, if, if I was the GM of the Cardinals, 
honestly, if I have to mandate that my quarterback studies and not plays, you know, PlayStation for 30 hours a week, yeah, I wouldn't have given him a big contract extension. I would have started looking elsewhere. Yeah. Because if you're going to give someone $200 million, I want them fully committed to what they're doing. Yeah. Not doing, you know, a half-assed job just so they can, you know, go play Madden for the next 10 hours. Um, and for Zion, I mean, his weight has been his biggest issue, and it's what's led to a lot of his injuries. And he's shown that he, you know, uh, for whatever reason, if it's something out of his control or if it's something in his control, he's not been able to manage his weight. And it's what led to him missing the whole season. If you look at the injury that he had, he should have been back by December of last year, and he should have played at least half the season. But he – didn't put in the work to keep the weight off in the off season. And it led to a lot of setbacks with his ankle injury, you know, especially with basketball, your legs are everything. If, and, you know, carrying a lot of extra weight puts a lot of extra stress on your knees, a lot of stress on your ankles. If you're carrying too much weight to be like the player that Zion is with how explosive he is with his dunks and getting to the basket, that that's just a torn ACL waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think again, this kind con- this clause in his contract questions his commitment to his craft, but also honestly, that's a health, <laughs> that's a health thing. They're looking out not only what's best for the Pelicans, but what's best for him, because if they can keep his weight in check, that's going to save him a lot of, a lot of aggravation when it comes to injuries, but he's also going to be able to play at his highest level. You know, I know this wasn't a part of it, but I guess a lot of these younger you know superstars within these different you know organizations or leagues like when you talk about kyler murray like there there's other things that they're they're doing there's other things that they've become you know professional at like kyler murray is is a professional you know video game player for whatever that's worth you know we talked about or joked about um who was it daniel jones who's a professional cornhole player you know on the side outside of playing football so like these guys are having different things that they're doing. Like obviously Kyler Murray could have done baseball if he wanted to, but I guess my thing is like, are, do they just, are they just putting in the effort enough to get paid? They just don't really care. Like, is it, well, is think, it a new generation thing? Like, I, I don't know. I think a little bit of both. I mean, you look at, you know, Daniel Jones, if it doesn't, if he's not doing it during the football season, he's just playing cornhole professionally and like, May, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that one's not a serious yeah, one. That, I was just kind of throwing that, that in there. It, I mean, right now, the NFL or NBA, that's their main job. That's where they're making their most money. That's what they were doing first. If all your other side stuff is getting in the way of that, mm-hmm. then you need to either second guess what you're doing for your career or realize, hey, this other stuff I'm doing on the side is interfering for me reaching my full potential in my actual career, I need to stop doing this or at least cut back and just do it in the off season. You know, if I'm the Cardinals, I don't get, if it's April, May, I don't care if Kyler Murray spends 22 hours a day playing Madden. Yeah. But if, if you're supposed to be getting ready for a game and you're playing video games instead of watching film, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. Um, John, you know, I know that, you know, Dom and I kind of went back and forth about a little bit about this, but what what do you have to add about, you know, those first two questions? Well, I'm just really disappointed. Um, 
you know, uh, two things. You know, when I play, when I was in high school, we played football. We studied film. We, or at least, we should have studied film. We should have looked at stuff. And that was high school. This guy's at the professional level, and he he has to be paid to study film. Like he, he shouldn't be paid a penny to study film. He should just do it regardless, mm-hmm. whether he's the starting quarterback or whether he's the the bottom of the depth chart. Um, so I, I just think the fact that they say we're going to make you do this and not make you do this. I, I, I just think it's sad. Another thing I wanted to say is um, this is a pair. I'm paraphrasing. This isn't, this is not an exact quote, but Vince Lombardi once said that working hard is called working hard because it's hard. And it's because working hard is hard. And so many people don't want to work hard. They, they, it would be easy. You know, it's, it's nothing easy about working hard. Yeah. I kind of jumbled up that quote, but my point is most people, they don't want to work hard, whatever it is, you know, whether it's the NFL level, whether you're trying to, I don't know, could do, Hey, get better at doing math at your college math class in, in school or whatever it might be. I mean, if working hard was easy it wouldn't be called working hard it would be called working easy that's what i meant to say so yeah i mean like i say you get this guy's at the professional level you know as don mentioned before you know his athletic ability and whatnot's only going to go so far i mean maybe he can get away with in college because he is such a freak athlete um but he's not gonna be able to get away with it for too long at this level um i I don't know i don't know if there's anybody that I can really think of that is able to get get rid of this, not rid, get away with stuff like this at this level. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just sad. You shouldn't be paying the guy. The guy should be doing it regardless. It shouldn't be on the news. It should just be something that Kyle Murray and every guy on the depth chart is just doing doing this and not doing their own thing. Uh, so that's just my take on it. I just, like I said, yeah, and the whole thing about the other guy not making weight, that's another thing. You're, you're expected to make weight. So I guess I'm just disappointed. Or be healthy. I, and I guess like real quick before I move on to this next one, I don't want to spend too much time on this question, but, you know, I, I guess by this stuff being in their contract and then it getting out the way that it did, should these guys – you know, have a right to feel upset about it or should they, you know, or do you think that they should kind of look more internally and be like, wow, like they thought this less of me to put it in there. No, no, it's, it's, no it's in there for a reason. It's in there because the team that you're playing for is questioning your commitment to the job that they are, that they pick you to do. And if yeah. you got a problem with that, then you know, that sucks for you. Change what you're doing. Don't complain that you got called out for spending more time playing video games than getting ready for game week. Don't be upset when you get called out for not taking your weight seriously as a professional athlete and letting it ruin, I mean, honestly, what could have been one of the best players of a generation. Yeah. So don't be upset about it when you brought it upon yourself. I mean, just look at all the all-time greats. They all have great work ethic. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, Muhammad Ali. I mean, they, they all they all work their tails off, and that's why they're great. I mean, yes, they're talented. God made them talented, but it's it's their work ethic. They're you know right. the way they prepare themselves. That's why they're great. 
Yeah. yeah, no one becomes great by doing things half-assed. They do. They become great because they work hard. They work their ass off. They don't let anyone outwork them. Mm-hmm. They fail and they learn from their failures and they get back and they're better the next time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always tell the you know I, I was talking to Dom before we started about me coaching, um, youth baseball and you know I I've told a few of them that you know you you guys have to work outside of this. It, when you come to practice, this shouldn't be where we're fine-tuning the little stuff we should be focusing on building you know team chemistry you know getting better on the on the overall arching you know thing of baseball and you know if you guys think that you're working hard outside of this there is somebody out there who's working 10 times as hard as you so you need to work 10 times as hard as you think that you can work in order to be successful and move on within sports or or anything in general that you want to do and I go back to that comment that I made before. I, I think it's I think it's a generational thing. I think that there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of talent. And instead of utilizing that, instead of working hard to fine tune it and get better and continue to grow, they're the 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 word escapes me, but they're they're okay just they're okay just being where they're at and they did enough you know, to make their money and, and do what they got to do. And I, I, I don't know. It's definitely something interesting. We'll have to watch it going forward. You know, I think like Dom said, Zion's a generational talent. So hopefully he can get his stuff together and he doesn't Jamarcus Russell, the, you know, New Orleans Pelicans. And, you know, hopefully Kyler Murray continues to grow and, and learn from this. And, and hopefully he studies film and, and he starts to learn defenses because I do think he's talented, but he's got to want to, he's got to want to get better. Both these guys do. So Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic here. And we're going to move on from two guys who I guess their commitment to the game has been questioned to, you know, three guys that we're going to talk about to where I don't think their commitment has really been questioned that much. And they're some of the better wide receivers within the league. So recently Julio Jones signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this stat came out that I saw that said there have been 12 wide receivers since 2018 that have had a total of four, of more than 4,000 yards receiving and the Tampa Bay Buc- ah, sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now have three of them. So they have Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. So I guess Dom first, how big of a deal is this signing for them? You know, getting Julio Jones. And then second, if Julio Jones is able to get back to at least 70% of what he was, is this one of the best wide receiving cores that we've seen in NFL history? If it was 2017, 2018, absolutely. Yeah. But unfortunately, I think, you know, you know, father time catches up to everyone, right? Um, I think Julio is past his prime, unfortunately. I think the injuries have caught up to him. He's definitely lost a step. Can he still catch the ball? Yeah, he can still catch the ball, but he can't get open like he used to. He can't stay on the field like he used to. Yeah, but as a as a as a third wide receiver on a team, you don't think that he could beat some linebackers or slot corners, like? Well, yeah, like obviously he'll still have an impact, but it's not going to be nowhere near the impact of, um, no, you know, no. yeah, what yeah. he would have been. I, I think, you know, the name Julio Jones brings a lot of attention and a lot of, you know, oh expectations, and you know this could be a game changing signing. But no, at, at his age, he's what thirty two, thirty three. Not many wide receivers are at the elite level at that age. Yeah, it's going to be great for a lot of the younger offensive players because they can, you know, for a while Julio Jones was the best wide receiver in in football. So if you're a young wide receiver or 
any young player in the NFL, I would immediately try to get Julio Jones to be my mentor and learn as much from him as possible. So on the field, I think it's not going to be that great of a signing. I don't think it's going to be really that impactful, but I do think he will have an impact with the younger players on that team to go along with Tom Brady. It gives, you know, the younger players on the team, another veteran presence to learn from. Okay. Uh, John, what do you think about this? I, I like it. I think it's a perfect match. The fact that you have Tom Brady and then three other really, really good receivers, I think they're going to make a big imp- impact. Now, if it was a different scenario, and let's say Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback, or let's say it was just Julio Jones, the fact that it's all four of them, I think that they're going to really, really um, – I could see them competing for another Super Bowl. I really do. I think it. I, I think it works. Um, but I, I think the only reason I think it works is because of that combination of the four of them. If it was just one or two of them, the fact that there's all four of them, uh, I think is going to make a huge, huge impact in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' success. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm in the middle of you guys. I. I, I don't think it's like a crazy big signing, but I do think that this is a good fit for them. It's going to be more like an Antonio Brown kind of fit where you're bringing, you're bringing a guy in who's not what he once was, but I think that they can still be very productive. I think Julio is a guy that can go into that offense and, you know, catch 40 to 50 catches, maybe, maybe get like 600, 700 yards, maybe like five to 10 touchdowns, depending on how he's utilized in the red zone. I think, I think they brought him in to be more of a red zone threat because they lost Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, I think when you put him on the other side of Mike Evans and you put Chris Godwin in the slot, I think that that's going to be, that's going to be a pretty dangerous wide receiving core if they all can stay healthy. Now that's, that's the big question. Can they all stay healthy? Julio Jones has had the injury bug the past couple seasons. You know, Chris Godwin's had the injury bug. Um, I think Mike Evans has kind of been a little the more consistent one when it comes to being healthy, but you know, it is the NFL. So, but I do agree with John with the four of them. I think that that's going to be a pretty scary combination and they still have a couple, like two or three pretty decent tight ends on that roster that can go out and catch passes as well too. So I don't know. It'll be interesting, you know, looking forward and kind of seeing what they can do and seeing if Julio Jones can do a lot of what, um, Antonio Brown was able to do for them um, in that season. So, but we're going to go ahead and move into our last topic here. John's going to um, join me on this one. If you guys don't know who Jake Paul is, he's basically a YouTuber turned boxer. Him and his brother come from that social media world. Um, but Jake Paul recently, I would say maybe over the past five years, you know, he's been building a brand in the boxing world, um, whether or not people like him or not. Um, he's one who's advocated for better fighter benefits, whether that's been in boxing or the UFC. And I personally think he's brought a bigger audience to boxing, whether or not you think it's good or bad. I think that he's definitely elevated the amount of people that are interested in boxing and, and kind of changed the way that people view it and uh, the way that it's promoted. But unfortunately, the past couple fights that he's tried to have, specifically with Tommy Fury, he's backed out on them and he's had to, he had to replace him in his last fight. And then this fight, he replaced him again with Hassan Rockman Jr. But Hassan Rockman Jr. backed out at the last minute because he didn't want to, you know, they had agreed on a weight 
Um, and then the Paul camp, you know, extended that. I think it was the original agreement was 200 and then they moved it to 205 for him, but you know, he didn't like that either. So he ended up backing out, you know, so now he's had, when he's tried to fight, you know, his, the biggest critic has been that he hasn't fought a legit boxer yet. And now that he's tried to fight two legit boxers and they've backed out on the, on him, so that's not a good look, I don't think, on the boxers. But I think it's also not a good look on Jake because he's been trying to promote these fights and they just haven't been able to come together, whether that's on him or whether that's on them. We don't really know for sure. But, John, I guess, you know, for you, I, my question is, what do you think about these fighters that keep backing out? What's your opinion on that? And then second, you know, if Paul keeps trying to put together these fights and these fighters keep backing out on him, you know, what is this going to do for his legacy within the boxing world? Well, I, 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 I the fact that the, they agreed on a weight and they keep on backing out makes them, to me, sounds like they're kind of wimps. I, I don't know if they're afraid of Jake Paul or, or what, but I mean, they made an agreement. Stick to your agreement. It's like anything else. You say you're going to do something, you make a commitment, do, do what you say you're going to do. I think it hurts Jake Paul, but I don't think it's because of Jake Paul. I think it's because it, it hurts Jake Paul because the other guys are backing out. I, I don't think it's Jake Paul's fault for these guys backing out. Regardless whether it's the other guy's fault or his fault, I think it does hurt his legacy because he has to fight people to build his legacy. And if he doesn't fight anybody, then his legacy really isn't going anywhere. So, but I don't think that's any fault on his own. It's these other guys that keep on backing out. I would really like to know why they're backing out. I mean, they just can't make weight. Are they afraid? I personally think that there is that the reason they keep backing out and they don't want to fight him is because these guys. So it's a, it started with, you know, it's it's all it's all about smack talk and then being like, yeah, we'll fight you. We'll knock you out. And I think people don't realize how seriously he's taking it. This is a dude that just has an absorbent amount of money and he's putting it all into training. He's putting it all into preparing. And I don't think that people realized, you know, how much he's actually put into the sport of boxing when it comes to preparing for fighting. And I think these guys I don't want to say that they're scared, but I think they thought they could go in there, shut this kid up, knock him out. And then they saw this, they kind of thought about it. They were like, wow, he's actually preparing and we might go in there and look stupid. And that's not going to be good for our brand, especially within the boxing world. It doesn't matter how much money we're going to make from this fight. It, it It's not worth it for my career. So I think that's, that's really the main reason, you know, obviously we don't really know for sure, but, I just, I can't really think of another reason why you would, because if you, if you think you're all that in a bag of chips, why wouldn't you go in there and, and whoop his ass? You know what I mean? But yeah, if you don't think you can do it, then to me, that's, that's why you would back out last minute. You know what I mean? I mean, even if, even if you, I think backing out makes them look worse. Yeah. You know, then like, let's say it's like you're Jake Paul. You say, I want to, you know, you say, will you fight me? And I go, no. But then if I say I will, and then three weeks later I back out, like that's like, I mean, to me, that's like, it's worse than worse. It's like a, it's like a double doozy. So I, I don't know. I, I would love to find out what's going on. What's more like what is going on. I don't think we're being told everything. I did look on the internet 
and tried researching this topic because I wanted to find out more. And there's not a lot of um, information on it. They mostly talk about that they couldn't make weight and that's why they backed out. But I personally think there's something, something going on between the scenes that that's causing this to happen. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep track of it. Like I said, I think, I think that he's done a lot for the boxing world. Like more people are talking about, there's a little bit more of a buzz about it and there's a lot more money flowing through it right now. So, um, you know, obviously you've had your, your, your bigger names in it that are kind of carrying it, but I I just think that he's kind of one of the bigger names within it at this point. And, and it'll be interesting. I hope, I hope that he can get somebody who will actually, you know, commit to fight him and fight him because I do want to see him fight, a, a real established boxer and see if he's ready to do it. Um, I think that would be the test of time, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to cover this. I think that, that he's somebody worth covering and um, but yeah, that pretty much does it for all my topics that I had for this week's guys. You know, I, I thank you so much for, for uh, working through that with me. We're going to go ahead and uh, head into our final segment here, our double take segment. Um, obviously we're going to go around and just, uh, say two, two things, any things that we want to talk about, I'll go ahead and, uh, let Dom go first. We'll go Dom, John, and then myself. Um, if you guys only got one thing, that's okay. Yeah. So I only got one thing. Um, last weekend went up with to Geneva on the lake with my family for a nice little vacation. If you're looking for a good, like easy vacation spot in Ohio, Geneva Lake is really cool. Um, pretty relaxing, obviously, right on the lake. A lot of cool restaurants, shops. Just a quiet, nice little getaway. All right, there you go. Geneva on the lake. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, it's really nice. Like, yeah, I think the one the one place I want to go see, there's like, a, was it Hawking Hills? They have a cabin. Yeah, oh, I a, love Hawking Hills. Yeah, they have a cabin that has like a basketball court in it. And I just want to go because the basketball. Yeah, I saw that. Affordable. You need like sixteen people. Oh yeah, it's huge. You'd you'd have to have enough to make it worth going. But um, yeah, it still seems pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, Hawking Hills is great, it, it, especially if you're the outdoorsy type. Uh, yeah. the nature around there is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, John, what do you got? Uh, not much. You know, I walked my dog today. Um, I've been doing a lot of writing. Getting ready for school in the fall. There you go. How's how's the book coming? It's it's good. It's good. It's uh it's uh working on background information right now. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I've I've uh I've been trying to write a a book myself. You know what I mean? Trying to get some stuff going. Um, yeah. So, so you know, like I said, let's let's try to let's try to get a let's each write a book, and then this time next year, we'll go ahead and we'll start uh a reading time on deep dive sports and. Nick, we'll that means ahead. you have to read books no no yeah hey listen all right <laughs> don't come at me all right mister why don't you do some addition and some subtraction and then be quiet okay <laughs> you know what my career is right <laughs> yeah I, well i'm not even gonna talk about college all right calm down <laughs> dom are you a writer no <laughs> he literally oh, deals yeah. with numbers all day <laughs> oh okay well, but that's he uses fine. a calculator don't let him think he does it all in his head Okay. <laughs> now nah, he deals with lots of big numbers, so that's okay. He's he's a smart cookie. Just just a little bit. Yeah, just yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll only do one thing, I guess. Um, you know, 
my one thing I'll say, if you guys didn't watch out there, but the other Paul brother is a part of the WWE now. And I just think that's pretty cool um, that they're making these kinds of moves and doing these kinds of things within the sporting world. Um, so that's somebody to watch out for. He um, he got to jump off the top rope and, and put the Miz through the uh, announcer's table. So that was pretty fun to watch. But it's cool to see these guys mature and grow um, and definitely learn from their mistakes in the past and get better. I think that that's a good lesson for everybody in life that that when you – when you make mistakes and you you don't always make the best decisions that, you know, you can always learn and grow from those things. Obviously, there's some things that you can't come back from, but, you know, perseverance and, you know, understanding when you've done wrong, admitting it and growing from it. I think that's super important. That's a super important lesson in life. And, um, you know, going back to that point that we made about you have to work hard, you know, if working hard was easy, everybody would do it. They would do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But we're going to go ahead and end it on that one. Again, I, I thank you guys so much for, for being on the show every single week. I thank you guys so much for, you know, listeners at home listening to this show every single week. Go ahead and comment down. If there's like a topic, you know, throughout the week that pops up that you want us to talk about, let us know. Put that comment, message us, um, text us, whatever. Let us know. And uh, we'll go ahead and throw that in there and uh, and we'll we'll discuss it for you. So, but again, this was uh, Let's Talk Sports. I'm Nick, and uh, this was a Deep Dive Sports production. So we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, you guys, sports listeners.